For Pride Month, which was in June, one of our listeners, Chrissy, set up a fundraiser for Point Foundation, but she's planning to go ahead and leave it up for the rest of 2021. So please join in and donate if you can. The Point Foundation helps LGBTQ plus students achieve their goals of higher education with financial assistance, mentoring, leadership programming, and more. Your generosity helps Point provide scholarships and vital programs to a new generation of LGBTQ plus leaders. If you'd like to donate, go to our Instagram, Who's the Boss Podcast, and the link is in our bio. It's listed as Chrissy's Pride Foundation. Uh, Sam, uh, uh, your eggs okay? Yeah. You want any more juice? No, thanks. You think Jack's cute? What? I said you want any more juice. <laughs> no, you asked about Jack. Oh, well, uh, since, since you brought him up... Uh, you, you think Jack's the kind of guy that women find, uh, I don't know, cute? No way. I mean, he's a really nice guy, but he's not going to break the needle on the drool meter. Oh, good, yeah. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> you know what, Sam? Me and you have the same taste in men. Hello. Welcome back to... Hey, yo. Oh, way. The Who's the Boss podcast. I'm Tori. And I'm Kevin. We are here to rewatch and discuss every single episode of Who's the Boss. Okay, uh, I don't have any news. You got any news? No, why would I have news? Yeah. There's uh, never news. There's no news. Today we're going to cover season five, episode five. I, I am really excited about this season. The more we watch, the more I'm enjoying it. Oh yeah, good. Uh, this episode is called A Jack Story. It first aired on Tuesday, November 29th, 1988. And the TV Guide summary says, Tony worries that he's lost favor with Angela after she begins working late with her agency's new creative director. Hmm. What do you have to say about that? I have, um, the home front feels Angela works too hard and should delegate more. Mona is delighted when some workload is transferred by the recruiting of Jack, a talented and charming creative director. Tony, however, jealousy and suspiciously changes his attitude as Jack tends to spend nearly all day with Angela and becomes a regular home guest, even until late at night. When they book a... (coughs) Excuse me. When they book in a hotel together, Tony decides to put an end to their presumed affair, but could could have saved himself the trouble. Uh, Okay. That's it. So I found out, all right, this episode is Jack's story. The next episode is Double Dump. Now, don't go spoiling yourself, but some of our listeners have been reading ahead on there because um, of these summaries, mm-hmm. and there's going to be something controversial in the next one. We're going to oh, have really? to discuss it, yes. Oh, people are going to reading these things. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> this episode was written by Joe Fish. And this is his third episode out of six. So, so far, he's written Steady As She Goes, mm-hmm. Marry Me Mona, A Jack Story. He will also write Party Double, Operation Mona, and Sit Down and Be Counted. Um, Steady As She Goes was another one that I really enjoyed. So this is two that he has done now that I've liked. Now, when this episode opens, the family, minus Angela, is sitting around a very tiny table in the kitchen. I know, it is tiny. <laughs> Five people sit around this table regularly, really? I guess. I, I don't know Angela where. Has, if she, well, if Angela was sitting here, she would have zero elbow room. But they have to set it up this way because we need the kids to be 
far enough apart so that the camera, you know, we see right. all of them. It's cause TV. Yeah. <laughs> so they're sitting ready for dinner and Angela's not home. The food's on the table and Mona's getting a little antsy. She wants to eat. She says, I say we eat. And Tony's like, no, we're waiting for Angela. And Mona says, she's held us up long enough. If she doesn't like us starting without her, it's tough nuggies. Tough nuggies. Yep, tough nuggies are back. I know, I'd say. Yep. We covered tough nuggies. We have, yeah. And she says, tough nuggies on Blondie. Oh. And then Angela says, leave Angela's nuggies out of this. No, Tony says that. <laughs> what did I say? You said that Angela says. I'm leave. sorry. Tony says, leave Angela's nuggies out of this, which is very cute. Now, Mona explains that business has been booming so Angela's been working late a lot recently, and sometimes the phone's ringing off the hook. She just has to, yeah, she has to take it off the hook because it's ringing so much, mm. which is not what you're supposed to do when your job is no. to answer the telephone. No, that's bad business. And the look that Tony gives Mona here is fantastic. He's completely disgusted <laughs> as he starts digging into a plate Whatever of, that slop is that well, he's serving out. <laughs> we're going to find out later that it's noodles au gratin. <laughs> okay. Did you look up noodles au gratin? I didn't, but I'm assuming it's just like noodles in a cream sauce, right? Because that's I what potatoes so. yeah, au gratin, gratin is. Yeah, that's true. So he's, he's scooping out the noodles, and he said, I told Angela to stop doing this all herself. Like, she needs to get some professional help. But Mona's like, eh, nah, she's already burned through all the shrinks in Connecticut. <laughs> Which is not at all what Tony meant. No. But, so Angela's working so hard, but Mona's home for dinner? Yeah. So is she, she just, care. they're not commuting together anymore. She just gets on the train and comes home, whether Angela's still working I or not. I just feel like Mona just leaves when Mona's ready to leave. Yeah. Mona probably left at 2.30. Yeah. She like ran a couple errands, hit the mall before she came home. So they decide to start eating and the phone rings. Okay. You have to pay attention to Tony here. So he's dishing out the noodles and he puts the plate down. Tony Danza licks both of his thumbs. Ugh. And then starts to carve into the chicken. And I'm really grossed out here. So right as, Samantha, as the phone rings, Samantha gets up. Tony's licking three fingers. He licks his middle finger, too. Oh and then he moves on to serve more food. <laughs> when you live with Tony Maselli, you're just going to have to understand. You know you're going to be eating whatever he's Yeah, you've ingested the... some of his DNA. So you're just going to have to deal with that. And apparently, Tony Danza as well. Because I guess he used to cook for... He used to actually cook meals on the set for the crew and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, hopefully he uh, followed all the kitchen guidelines. So I doubt S it. Samantha goes and answers the phone. And she's like, who may I say is calling? Judy. And she's, she's being all teasing with Tony. She's like, oh, Dad, Judy's on the phone. So they're all like, who's Judy? Everyone's very... So it seems like this is not a usual thing anymore that a woman would be on the phone for Tony. Oh, yeah. Right? Because they seem to be making a big deal out of it. And you know, I, I don't have the... Yeah, you don't have this part on Antenna TV. They like cut this whole... Yeah, they cut this whole part out, which makes... I mean... Sure, later on, we're going to see him on this date with this woman, or well, preparing to go on a date with this woman. So I, you don't necessarily need this scene for that. Right. But I feel what this scene shows is, one, Tony hasn't had a date in a while, and two, Tony turns this woman down, and it's not because she's not attractive. Right. Like, he's not interested in dating. So as he goes over to the phone, he says, all right, all right, all right. 
And then he says, it's just a teaching assistant from school. Nobody's special. I hope that poor girl didn't hear that. I know. Because I know. <laughs> Nobody's special. <laughs> he barely has his hand over the receiver. I know. So then they're also kind of looking at him expectantly, like they're waiting to see what he's going to say to this girl. And he's all like, do you mind? So wait, before we get into the phone call, though, I want to point out that on the refrigerator behind, there's like some sort of list and then another piece of paper that's up there with a magnet. And normally this refrigerator is pretty clean, but I have heard stories that Tony Danza would display the kids' actual report cards on the refrigerator. Oh, really? That doesn't look like a report card, though, but I'm wondering if it's not in a piece of set dressing and, in fact, just like an inside, like, let you know, a note of some sort that's sort of more of an inside thing. Mm, possibly. Because it could be a list, but we can't see what it is. But normally there's not much on that bridge. Okay, so he gets on the phone and he's like, hi, Judy. And then he's like, yeah, how you doing? And she, oh, a movie. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but I got a paper to do. And he's like, yeah, I'm working on um, the reasons behind the fall of the Roman Empire. I'm zeroing in on the too much pizza theory. God. I hope that's a joke because he's not going to get good grades in college. No, yeah. <laughs> It's probably a joke. <laughs> this isn't going to go well. And then he's like, yeah, I thought that was pretty clever too. And he like hit, he like smacks Mona like a joking. And then watch Catherine Hellman here. She like pinches her nose or something. Like she's not impressed with whatever he just said. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> so then he's like, okay, yeah, no, well, thank you for calling, you know, and I'll see you on the quad. So he hangs up. Then he comes over and sits back down and Samantha's like, dad, you're giving up a date to do homework. She must be a real kibble muncher. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So the the dog references to women women We're are not back stopping. on this show. It's been a little while since we've heard mm, one. Yeah. It has been, actually, a few episodes. Now, we don't know Alyssa Milano at all, but knowing what you know of Alyssa Milano on uh, Instagram and TikTok... You think that she would be happy with that joke? No, but (laughs) come on. I mean, of course not. This is the 80s, and I'm not saying anything against her. I'm saying that in a new incarnation of who's the boss, you would not hear anything like this come out of Samantha's mouth ever. Um, So, yeah. So he says, you know, she's not at all. She's very cute, and she has a good personality. And then Mona says, kibble muncher. Mm. Because that's another joke that was a big thing. I don't know if it still is. But anytime on an 80s movie or TV, when a woman was described as having a good personality, it automatically meant that she was ugly. Yeah, that's terrible too. I know, that's nice and sexist and Um, So, yeah, I didn't have all any of that. That's, That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a cute scene and it's good information. Maybe Antenna TV didn't want to air Kibble Muncher. Well, maybe, yeah, that's why they cut it out. So then yours picks up when Angela comes into the kitchen? Yes. Okay. So they all go back to eating. Angela comes into the kitchen, and she's like, I'm home. And Mona's like, oh, Angela, I'm sorry we started without you. I tried to get them to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately. That is a total lie, Mona. Throws everybody under the bus. Yes. Angela's like, oh, it's fine, you know. I, I brought something home, and it's a surprise. I want you all to go out in the living room and see. Now, Tony's annoyed because he's like, I made dinner. Now, he and Angela have had these discussions before about 
his dinner getting cold. So now his dinner's cold. She's finally home. And Noodles then she's going to... getting cold. Right. It's probably getting all like clumpy. Mm-hmm. And now she wants them to leave the kitchen and go into the living room to see something else. So he's like, uh, he's all, he's really grumbling. And he even says something to Samantha as they're walking out of the kitchen. And I cannot, I couldn't figure out what it is. Mm. So that when they get into the living room, there's a man standing there. This is a terrible surprise for everyone in the family, <laughs> except for maybe Mona. And Mona's like, oh, Angela, man. <laughs> <laughs> And she kind of looks happy. I know. There's well. that weird uh, candy dish again that looks almost like the hubcap that Jonathan stole that they tried to pass off as a candy dish <laughs> in the season one episode. <laughs> so they're all just like kind of like staring at him. And Mona's like, you shouldn't have. But Angela says, I want you to meet the new creative director of the Bauer Agency, Jack Valentine. Is it Valentine or Valentine? I have Valentine on my closed captioning. What is um? But uh, oh, IMDb just says Jack. Oh, okay. The Hang closed on. captioning on mine says Valentine with a B. You're right. I just listened to it, and she's saying Valentine. Thanks, YouTube closed captioning. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I mean, it sounds like Valentine. It does, yeah. So and what, I was, I was actually thinking that's a pretty badass name, especially mm. for this guy, but. Um, yes, yeah, so Jack Ballantyne. Okay, this actor is David Paymer, and he is still a working actor today, most recently on the TV show Dave. Yeah, he plays Dave's father. Okay, which I haven't I've seen watched. That. I've watched a couple episodes. He's in uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, Param- okay. Paramount Plus. <laughs> He's yeah. on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and The Good Wife. Um, those are some you of the things that he's... Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I guess no, you wouldn't. No, it's been yeah, a while. I need to catch up on that show. You, and you wouldn't really look for him, so... Right. If I go back, I'll obviously... Right. He would stand out to me, but... But I want to read a little bit of his bio, which we normally don't do. And one of the reasons we normally don't do it is because their bios are just like basic, so-and-so was born here mm-hmm. and is known for this. But you can tell that whoever... Like, he had somebody put effort into his bio and probably submitted on um, oh. IMDb Pro. But I thought it was interesting. So uh, it says, um, one, of the, one of modern TV, now obviously it's showcasing him a bit, but one of modern TV and moviedom's most sturdy and reliable character actors, David Paymer dreamed of being an actor from early childhood, although he came from a traditional middle-class Jewish family that urged him to become a doctor or a lawyer. Then it goes on to say that he was still really interested in it at 14 he used a fake id to see the graduate which starred dust a young dustin hoffman Mm. Uh, he grew up in oceanside new york where his father was in the scrap metal business his mother a homemaker had fled belgium with her family to escape the nazis when his father quit the scrap metal business to pursue pursue music it inspired young paymer to give his acting dream a try his aborted big break came when he was cast in the TV series St. Elsewhere as Dr. Wayne Ficus, <laughs> then promptly dumped and replaced by Howie Mandel. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm saying his name right because I've never seen St. Elsewhere, but I don't know if it was Ficus, but that's pretty crazy that he was originally going to be the part of Howie Mandel because that made Howie Mandel hugely famous. Yeah, it did. But then his big break came when he was um, cast as Ira Shalowitz in the Billy Crystal 
movie City Slickers. Crystal was so pleased with Pamer's work that he wrote the part of Stan Yankelman, a belakered brother of the, of, of the character in the movie Mr. Saturday Night, hmm. especially for Pamer. And that for that, he was nominated for an Oscar in 1993. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then he's gone on to be a director. He's directed 60 episodes of television. Oh, good for you, uh, David Pamer. Yeah. <laughs> I love to see when these people have like gone on to success. Okay, so the interesting thing about his casting here is one, like this was kind of probably a difficult role to cast because he can't be too good looking. But you don't want to tell an actor, like, well, we need some guy who's not really that good looking. I know, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... He needs to be the type of guy that would grow on you if you had a bond with him, but maybe isn't necessarily someone who catches your eye right off the bat. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or if they just have no money left over from everyone else's wardrobe, but he's in a very ill-fitting suit. Mm. It's, it's like too big. He looks just kind of sloppy and a little dumpy, but I feel like maybe, and I have to keep my eye on this, like if he gets a little more attractive as the episode goes on. So Angela introduces him to the family and she always starts, she always does it in the same order. She starts with my mother, my son, my housekeeper, and then his daughter. Mm. (laughs) But I guess there's really no other graceful way to like do that because Samantha kind of has to come last because she has to introduce like who tony is the family before her right even though i don't feel like samantha really comes last to her uh so they ask him well what does a creative oh jonathan asks him what does a creative director do and he's like in my case just sit around and be goofy all day and mona says what do you know i'm a creative director But Tony's excited. He said, I'm so happy that uh, Angela hired you because she's been working too hard and now you can work too hard. And he's like, hey, no problem. Then he turns to Angela and he's like, is, can I, is it too early to ask for a raise? And mm-hmm. she says yes. Now, Jack recognizes Tony from the Cardinals, and that always makes Tony happy. Oh, yeah, he likes that. Yeah, so at this point, Tony is on this guy's side. And he's like, didn't you, didn't I see you hit a grand slam against the Mets one time? And Tony's like, if it happened in your memory, if it lives in your memory, then it happened. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And he says, I love this guy, Angela. How did you do it? You've done it again. You managed to hire a dazzling and delightful employee. (laughs) Jack says, you know, I don't want to interrupt your dinner. I just came to pick up some files. But Tony's like, nope, we have a rule here. You come for files, you stay for chicken. Hmm. And he's like, no, no, I couldn't impose. But Angela's like telling him what a good cook Tony is. So he decides that he will stay for dinner. So Tony goes in to get ready for, um, well, I guess to make room at that. Where are they going to put this guy? I don't know. Now now six of them are going to try to cram themselves around the table. While Tony goes into the kitchen, Angela says, great. And then, you know, after dinner, we'll get a head start on the Sid's potato chip account. I guess this guy doesn't have anywhere to be. He's like, this is his first day at work. So he's really, he probably wants to go home, but he's not going to say that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, Tony's going to get some hors d'oeuvres. 
Oh, all of a sudden now dinner's on pause and right, we're serving yeah. hors d'oeuvres. Right, that au gratin's just getting clumpier by the minute here, people. And then where's the chicken? Is the chicken in the au gratin? Or is the chicken No, the chicken separate? was in the middle of the table. Oh, that's right. It was right, just right, like that's a right. yeah, yeah, full roasted chicken. Right. So they tell him, you know, come into the kitchen and get, com- I mean, come into the living room and get comfortable. And he uh, starts, he says to Jonathan, do you want to see a magic trick? And he's like, I first learned this trick with a quarter, but inflation being what it is. And he pulls a dollar out from behind Jonathan's ear. And Jonathan's very impressed. This, I noticed now that the little haircut is kind of like floppy in the back, Jonathan's. Mm. Like, remember that surfer cut where it was like a, it was like a hard yes. line, yes. like all the way around. I bet I really liked this haircut when I was a kid. Um, I mean, on him. It's like very um, Zach from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. That look. (laughs) And uh, Jonathan says to Samantha, wasn't that neat? And she's like, oh, yeah. Can you make little blonde kids disappear? Then Jack sits down and looks at Mona. And he says, you look like a woman of expensive taste. What do you say we change this dollar bill into a $10 bill. And he goes behind your ear and again, and now that it's a $10 bill. <laughs> and then Mona's like, where do you have to look to find 100 Of course. <laughs> and Angela says something under her breath here, but and it, the, it's a close-up shot of her, but you can't understand what she's saying, and she's barely even like making any noise. She's just kind of like mumbling at her, and the closed captioning doesn't pick it up, but I'm sure whatever it was, it was fantastic. Just then, Tony comes out of the kitchen, and he says, who feels like a wiener? So mm-hmm. he went in the kitchen in, in like, I mean, what is it? It's been like 24 seconds. He made some little wiener appetizer and brought it back out. Who feels like a wiener? And then Mona raises her hand. I know, of course. I know. She's especially horny in this episode (laughs) for this guy who she doesn't really seem to show any interest in after this. (laughs) He even looks disgusted with her in the moment there after she says that. And Tony's giving her a look like, you know, be good. So Jonathan Be says, good. Tony, you should have seen it. Jack did a magic trick. And Tony's like, oh, yeah? Well, I know a little magic, too, because he's not going to be shown up in his own house. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, Mona, what's behind your ear? And he goes to pull a dollar out. And Samantha's like, Dad, Jack already did that one. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And Jack's like, well, go, you know, do another one. And Tony's like, that's, that's really all the magic that I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And he sits down. But then Jack says, oh, I have another one. So he goes over to Angela and Samantha and Jonathan and starts to perform some kind of magic trick that we don't see. And Tony's like, well, can you make a cherry pie? So now Tony's not so much on this guy's side anymore. The other interesting thing about this character is like, they couldn't have made him any, like, I don't think Jack is terribly unattractive. Again, like, he's not the type of guy that when you first see him, you'd be like, wow. But he is the type of guy, I think, that if Tony wasn't in the picture and he didn't have a girlfriend, I think he probably could have, um, you know. Possibly. Yeah, gotten to Angela a bit. Because he is very sweet and, like, very personable and, like, you know, he has a certain charm. So they couldn't really cast anyone any more attractive because then I think it really would have thrown the balance off. Then, like, Tony really would have had a reason to initially be a little unnerved about this. So we go to the outside of the house. It's a dark shot. 
to let us know that some time has passed. It's now <laughs> it's late at night. <laughs> it's very dark. Yes, it's very dark. It's very late at night. We cut to inside the living room where Angela and Jack are laughing hysterically over something. So they're just to that point where you're like kind of punch drunk because you're so tired. And they can't get anywhere on this campaign, and they're just making, like, ridiculous jokes back and forth about this terrible... I guess the potato chips are pretty bad. Yeah, and they're supposed salty, to, I think. Yeah, they're really salty, and they're supposed to zero in on, like, the freshness, but they don't seem fresh at all. So they're making jokes that, like, it's sodium you can sink your teeth into, high blood pressure, it's not just for breakfast anymore. And then I love this shot. We see Tony kind of pop out from behind the little wall at the top of the stairs because he hears all this commotion going on downstairs. And so he kind of swings around. I know, it's funny. <laughs> and then he comes downstairs and he's like, what are you, I mean, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh no, you know, I'm sorry, did we wake you? And he's like, no, I just, I got up to milk the cow. And they start <laughs> laughing some more. And you know Angela's relaxed here because the jacket that she was wearing earlier has come off. And her hair is no longer in that like sushi roll that wrapped around the bottom of her neck. It's now just like loose. Hmm. And I'm really digging Angela's hair this season. Like we've kind of gotten away from the really big hair. And yeah. it's like a little more just kind of like Farrah Fawcett feathered, like still big hair, mm -hmm. but not quite as big. Um, so he says, do you guys realize that it's four o'clock in the morning? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. We just, we got so carried away. And they said, we're trying to figure out some way to sell these potato chips, and it's just not working. So as they're laughing, they're still laughing hysterically, and Tony's like, you know, it's kind of infectious when you guys are laughing like that. So then he's kind of like laughing, trying to be part of it. <laughs> and Jack says, okay, the company asked us to hone in on the freshness. So Tony stands there for a minute, and then he's like, I got it. I got it. Are you ready for this? Yeah, you're going to love it. I know. You're going to love it. Like, only Tony, most people in business, like, in meetings and stuff, probably have good ideas and are still too scared to, like, voice them half the time. All right. Tony has a garbage idea, but he is ready to voice it <laughs> and to say that you're going to love it. Like, I really love the confidence of him, <laughs> even though it's kind of not warranted here. So he's like, all right, you're going to love it. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. And they just kind of stare at him. And he's like, well, don't you get it? They're so fresh and so good that they disappear. Goodbye. Mm. <laughs> and then he's like, you like it, don't you? You love it. And then they just kind of look at each other and he's like, oh, yeah, you hate it. <laughs> but Angela's like, don't feel bad. We've been doing this for hours and we've gotten nowhere. You know, she says, it will be a miracle if we figure anything out. Well, that's all Jack needed, apparently. She should have said the word miracle three and a half hours ago. Because Jack's <laughs> like, that's it. Then he already has this whole thing storyboarded in his head. He spiels out this whole, um, we open the commercial with a guy sitting on the couch. He reaches for the bag of Sitz potato chips. He opens it. Wham, his face lights up. A voiceover comes on. Sid's potato chips, so fresh, it's a miracle. Hmm. Then he's like, bam, the guy's transported to the Red Sea, bites into a chip, and the sea parts. And Angela really likes it. She's like, I love it. Jack, you are terrific. 
I am a genius for hiring you. And then she starts scribbling down ideas right there. And I like the um I like the uh ridiculously large thing of apples on the table. <laughs> yes, this has been I've meant to mention this before in episodes. That thing is always on the coffee table. And no one's eating the apples, I because guess. Because I'm they can't be real or in every I mean obviously they're not yeah, real. Right, right. But I don't even think in the Miscelli Bauer household, they're real. Like, I think it's right. just okay. a, like a thing of fake apples on the oh, coffee another table. Another thing Tony's got to clean. <laughs> yes. And look at how shiny those are. Oh, he probably has wow. to, like, polish those oh, yeah. every single day. Oh, yeah. So he's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave you two Einsteins. I think I'm going to go catch some Zs. So he leaves. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll go into the kitchen so that we don't disturb you. And he's like, you're a genius. So he's kind of like annoyed, but trying not to show it too much. And he says goodnight to everyone, and he goes upstairs. As Angela stands up, she gets a pain in her neck. And she's like, oh, I got a crick in my neck. Mm. So Jack says, Dr. Jack to the rescue, get on your back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Angela says, excuse me? And then he... Sounds like the beginning of a bad porno movie. (laughs) And then um, as soon as... as soon as she says, excuse me, Tony pops back around that little wall. Well, what is he doing? Just standing around the hall? I, well, I guess he just hadn't gotten that far yet. Or yeah, probably. He was probably How trying to hear what was happening still. So he says, you know, I know all this acupressure, reflexology, and all the trendy stuff. And he's like, what I'm telling you is that the pain is not actually in your neck. It's in your toes. Mm. So he wants her to lay on her back. And to give him her toes. And she's like, um, no. <laughs> right. And then, but she's laying on the couch on her back as she says this and gives him her foot. And he's like, yes. And she says, no. And he says, yes. Now, Tony's come down the stairs and he's now hiding behind the wall so that they can't see him, but that he can maybe peek over and see what's happening right. or. You know, and partially he might be there because he's thinking, I'm going to have to punch this guy because she said no repeatedly and he's still grabbing her feet. That's right. Yeah. But no means no. Again, (laughs) 80s TV. And they're just trying to set up this joke here. But she's clearly said no to him a couple of times. Okay. So, I mean, not that he's trying to have sex with her, but anytime anyone's touching your body and you say no, then it's time to punch if they don't stop. Punch. So Tony peeks over, and so oh, she's saying no, no, and then Jack must hit a spot that feels good on her foot because now she's saying yes. And she's saying yes, similar to how we heard Angela say, oh, Tony, <laughs> through her bedroom door in Sleep Talk, Sweet Talk. That's right. So Angela is enjoying this foot rub. Miles is getting upset. I know. I don't know why. And Tony hears her kind of moaning and he peeks around the corner to see what's going on. And he's like a little surprised that she's laying on her back and letting this man rub her foot. Yeah. I guess Tony just goes back upstairs and cries into his pillow because now it's the next morning. And Jonathan (laughs) is trying to reenact one of the tricks that Jack did. So he's holding a newspaper in like a cone in his hand. And then he takes a glass of milk and he pours it. I don't know how he thought this was going to, like, what is the trick? I think the trick is yet there's actually a cup in there. Oh, he forgot that part. But he didn't put a cup in there. <laughs> I see. 
So he pours milk into the top, and it just comes right out the bottom of the cone of paper he's holding and yeah, splashes you, all over the plate. Yet another mess Tony's got to clean exactly. up. Exactly. And I, the laugh that... Um, <laughs> I feel like that's Alyssa Milano actually laughing because milk's <laughs> just gone everywhere. But yeah, so they kind of like laugh at him and Jonathan says, it worked when Jack did it. And then Tony says, maybe Jack should come clean it up. Oh. Yeah. He's not impressed. So he's moving all And like, I feel you, Tony. I mean, you're just trying to get breakfast on the table in the morning. Right. And now there's this and milk And get these everywhere. kids out the door. Right. And now this little asshole has just spilled milk everywhere. And Tony's handling it well. He if is. If one of ours would have done that, you would have lost your mind. <laughs> I would have. Oh, I would have had to go for an hour long walk. Like, afterwards. what happened? Yeah. Why did this just happen right now? All right. So he, Tony picks up the mess and then he walks away. And. Jonathan says, you know, I'm so glad mom hired him. He's so much fun. And so the kids really like this guy, too. And mm. Samantha, this is, I mean, this guy wowed everyone in one evening. Yeah. And Samantha's like, yeah, you know, for an adult, he's pretty hip. Okay, so you don't have, you don't have this part either, right? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Antenna TV cut all this out. This one's kind of cute. So he said, she... Samantha says, he's pretty hip. He even knows who Bono is. I know, that's funny. And Tony's like, big deal, Sam. Everybody knows Cher's ex-husband. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) I wish they wouldn't have cut that out. And Samantha's laughing. And he's like, in any way, it's Bono. And then... that's Sonny Bono. Right. And so Samantha's like, no, Dad, I'm talking about you too. Right. And he says, me too what? And she's like, forget it. Mm, but same, I don't. Yeah, eggs okay. I don't buy it because this is the same dad that went to the Beastie Boys concert. Right. So did he just like he com- would know who Bono exactly. is? You two during this time. Right. You two was one of the biggest bands yes, in the country. Exactly. I mean, this is what nineteen eighty. This would be like eighty nine. You said this would be like you or I not knowing who Adele or Billie Eilish. Right. Is. They, like the U two was just huge then. From like after it was after Joshua Tree, which is a their biggest album ever. Yeah. Like it's modern music and it's cro- it was crossover music. Yeah, too, right. Yeah. So he would know who it is, but whatever. It's a funny joke. Yeah. Um so then he goes over and she's like whatever, forget it. And he says, you know, so are your, are your eggs okay? And she's like, yeah, they're fine. Do you want any more juice? No thanks. Do you think Jack's cute? Mm. What? She's like, what did you say? And he's like, I said, did, do you want any more juice? And she says, no, you asked about Jack. I feel like Samantha, this is where Samantha's really starting to catch on mm-hmm. since the end of season three that her dad likes Angela. Um, and he's like, well, since you brought it up, you know, do you think he's the type of guy that women find cute? And she's like, no way. I mean, she's, he's really nice, but he's not going to break the needle on the drool meter. Yeah. <laughs> kind of gross. That's <laughs> gross. But of course, Samantha is not going to find Jack attractive because she's a teenage girl. Right, like, exactly. She he, she and Tony may have the same taste in men, but she and Angela wouldn't have the same taste right. in men. Although they both love Tony and, and you know, obviously Samantha in a different way. But I, right. I think Sam would think her dad's a very good catch. And Angela obviously thinks he's a good catch as right. well. So he's like, yeah, you know, that's what I thought too. And then he says, you know, Sam, you and I, we have got the t- same taste in men. <laughs> 
What does that mean? <laughs> but it's not at all what Samantha wanted to hear this no, morning. No, not at all. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's great. And she's thinking, let me note this down for when I go to therapy. Right. And, and then she's like, it's time to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, come on, Jonathan, I'll drive you to school. I'll drop you off at school. And Jonathan says, can I sit in the front seat this time? And she says, no. Yeah, always no. So that is a reference. So Sam's got her car still. We don't yeah. actually know what it looks like. but uh, And somebody told me that we are going to actually see Sam's car again. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But, I mean, even if Jonathan sat in that front seat, you wouldn't be able to see him. So just let him sit up there. You can barely see her over the front uh, side door. So they leave. Tony starts cleaning up the kitchen. And Angela comes in. And this lady is pretty chipper for it probably being 730. And she was up until 4 something. I know. I, I thought the same thing when I first watched it. I mean, come on. She'd be a wreck. So she's like, isn't life wonderful? And Tony's like, you bet it is. And then she says, I just wanted to thank you for pushing me to hire Jack. And she says, he's just so great. And she's like, he's witty, he's charming, and he's cute. Uh, And Tony's like, uh uh-oh. Not at all what (laughs) he wants to hear. Now, sticking with true Angela style... She's poured herself a glass of orange juice, and Tony poured her coffee. And that's it. That's all she's having. How do you get on the train to Manhattan with just orange juice and coffee sloshing around in your stomach? I know. Yeah, not to mention. No food. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's like, oh, cute? I mean, really? I hadn't really thought of that. And Angela says, you know, in a Woody Allen-ish kind of way. And that is a really good way to describe um, Jack. Like, you can, he has kind of that, obviously, Woody Allen had a much different reputation well, in yes. 1988 than he does now. Right. But, like, yes, like, you could see why she would compare him to that because they do have kind of a similar look. And I think Woody Allen did have an attractiveness to him before everyone realized that he could most likely be a pedophile yeah um so (laughs) and she's like you know just that that kind of charm she says when you connect to people up here then you see them in a whole different light and then she says god jack stimulates me okay come on (laughs) rubbing it in here (laughs) let's calm down but that really i mean angela's speaking truth here and i'm sure that she also had this um connection with tony and i do think that like the best relationships you have with people are the ones that develop the more you get to know them right like normally if you find someone attractive right off the bat i mean that's fine but some people become more attractive to you the more you get to know them and so then the attraction is based on more than just physical Looks. looks yeah i always remember that um Dr. Drew, I think it was, on Loveline, who, I don't know, he's gotten a little strange as well, but he had a thing that he said, if you walk into a party and you automatically feel like an animal magnetism with somebody, stay away from them. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's what's broken in you being attracted to what's broken in them. And Uh I always thought that was really interesting. But yeah, and and it does seem like the connections that are built seem to be the ones that last the most. Okay, so 
that doesn't, I mean, none of this is good news for Tony. No. Because basically what she's saying is that the more she gets to know him, the more she really finds him charming and cute and attractive. Now, Samantha comes in. It's like probably, I don't know. It seems like it's like a Thursday night. It's Maybe. still like during the week. And Sam noticed that Tony is at that mirror again, checking himself out, making yep. sure he looks nice. That's and Sam's favorite mirror. <laughs> yes. But it makes sense because like normally the per- a person would do this primping in their bathroom mirror, but you wouldn't be able to have a conversation with right. anyone else on in the TV, house yeah. because on TV because no one's going to just come walking into your bathroom. So Sam's like, oh, why are you all dressed up? And he says, I have a date with Judy. And she's like, I thought you didn't want to go out with Judy. And it's like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about it. And you're always out with your friends. And Angela's working late with Jack all the time. Jonathan has little slimy creatures. And so does Mona. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I, I figured I needed to get out more. So the doorbell rings. And he's like, oh, there's Judy. And then Sam's like, wait, you're letting her pick you up? And he says she insisted. And she's like, I'm impressed. It's almost the 90s and you finally caught up with the 70s. <laughs> I feel like Tony's let women pick him up before. I know. And whatever. The, it, continuity's not their strong suit and they just had to get that joke in. So he says, I've come a long way, baby. So Aunt, uh, Samantha goes up the stairs and he opens the door to Judy. This actress's name is Jennifer Holmes. Okay. And when I looked her up, most of her acting was before Who's the Boss. Like, Who's the Boss is one of the last few things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was spaced out over years, but she only has like six or seven more credits after Who's the Boss. But she was on um, quite a few episodes of New Heart, a a couple episodes of Love Boat, and a show called Misfits of Science, which I'm not familiar with but maybe it someone else is familiar maybe not tony ushers her in the house and he's like you know come on in we got plenty of time before the movie and my boss is going to be down in a minute and i really want her to see you i mean meet you right <laughs> so he's letting the audience know that he's hoping that angela comes downstairs sees him with this woman and starts to get a little jealous like he's mm, feeling yeah I think that's the only reason she got invited out. She did. But I mean, well, you know, we're going to learn that Judy's maybe not ready for this. But right. Of course. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, at first glance, she looks clean and, you know, fine. So she's like, you know, I hope you don't mind that I picked you up. I have my reasons. And it's because my ex-husband picked me up on our first date and our marriage ended in ruins. Oh. So I decided I needed to break the mold. Tony's like, okay, well, you know, that seems fair. Judy says, well, you said on the phone that you're really looking forward to tonight. She seems kind of hopeful. And he's like, yeah, you know, not only going out with you, but I haven't seen some like it hot in years. And I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. And she says, you know, that it's one of her favorites too. He, oh, he says that the scene in the sleeper car really cracks me up. Mm. So, we haven't seen that movie. No, so we don't know any of the references. Yeah, but I was just reading a little bit about it, and I think maybe we should watch it one night. I mean, okay. we like watching old stuff. That, <clears throat> yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, and it says that the... Well, first of all, it won six Academy Awards. Oh, I'm sorry. It was nominated for six Academy Awards. 
But then it also said that the film That's was insane. produced without approval from the Motion Picture Production Code because it plays with the idea of homosexuality and features cross-dressing. Hmm. I'd be curious to see how it was handled at that point, too, because we've seen a lot of older shows that deal with cross-dressing, but more so for the joke than for like any really? other. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see this movie now. So Judy says that my ex-husband used to say that that was our our movie. Those words came back to cruelly mock me when he ran off with his secretary. Hmm. So this isn't going well. And Tony even takes his arm. He had his arm around her and he takes his arm back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's like, Judy, why are we going to see this movie if you're going to feel cruelly mocked? And she says, you know, you just you can't run away from it forever. And Tony's like, okay, you know, I like that attitude. New beginnings, right? And so she's like, okay, well, you know, enough of my problems. So she's like waiting to say, to talk about something else. And she's looking around the living room. And then she says, isn't it amazing how Tony Curtis could make himself into an attractive woman? <laughs> and then not... Oh, un- yes, yeah. So that's another reference to, to the cross-dressing right. part. Right. Um, yeah, the... Like, the poster for the movie is Marilyn Monroe and two men who appear to be dressed like women. Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. All wow. Right. We're going to have to... We should, probably should have watched it before the show. But, I you know. know That's time. the way it goes. <laughs> we don't put that much effort into this. And she says, not unlike the bimbo, when she stole my man, my house, and my Mazda. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Mazda 2. I, I know. She even lost her car in this divorce? Yeah, that's interesting. She that didn't have a good lawyer. awful. No. And her whole demeanor is changing now. And Tony's like, well, you know, at least good thing you're not bitter. And she's Hmm. like, what's the point? Then she says, you know, I even actually liked the cheap slut when I met her. Wow. I don't know. Would you hear the word slut in what's considered a family TV show these days? No, No. never. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not crazy about this portrayal of this woman because we obviously need her here for what she's going to say next. But it's like, why, why do we have to just like, first of all, have this kind of like bitter woman who isn't ready to go out on a date I and know. then calling another woman a slut? I don't know the woman. She very well could have known this man was married, but she may not have. Anyway, it's just kind of a tired portrayal of women on 80s tv okay so she explains that it all started when they started working really late at night she's he stopped spending any time with her he didn't need her anymore and then tony's like that's awful Hmm. and he's thinking like this is exactly what's happening to me right now even though he and angela are not at all married (laughs) right (laughs) but angela isn't spending any time with him and she's not home for dinner, and he probably feels like, you know, he's being replaced by Jack. So Judy says, you know, I'm sorry. This wound is very fresh, and I thought I was ready to date, but clearly I'm not. <laughs> so she's like, some other time. And she storms out the door before Angela even gets to see her. <laughs> so yeah, now, right, now Angela comes down the stairs to Tony standing there all by himself. And she says, Tony, if you need me, I'll be at Jack's. And then he's like, again? I mean, what is, you know, what's going on? How come you guys, you guys are taking, spending so much time together. You yeah. never take a break. And Angela says, you know, this, he's working out so well 
that I'm thinking of giving him a piece of the potato chip account. Oh, boy. I know. And we get a, oh, hey, hey, oh. Right, we do. Yeah. Angela, you think you're giving away a little too much, a little too soon? <laughs> he says, what before you know it, to he's going to want a piece of this and a piece of that. Mm. Yeah. Tony's worried that Jack's going to want a piece of that. I know what a piece of this and a piece of that means. <laughs> he says you'll be giving away pieces all over the place. Oh, dear. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately she's a whore. So he, she's like, you know, it's so sweet of you to worry. But, you know, I'm what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm a big girl. Even if Angela did want to sleep with Jack all over it's not a Tony's business That's really, right. at this point. That's Tony right. wants it to be his business, then step up and say, I like you. Okay, I'm done. Um, so then she notices that he's dressed up. And she's like, oh, you look spiffy. Like, is it a special night? And he doesn't want to tell her about the failed attempt at a date that he just had. <laughs> right, then left abruptly. <laughs> so instead, he's like, yeah, I'm going to defrost the freezer. Wild night. Yeah, I know. She's like, Tony, I've been thinking that you should get out more. So now he's really sad because not only is she comfortable hanging out with somebody else and not hanging out with him, right? She's telling him, you need to go get out more. Right. You need to go find some people to hang out with. But Angela doesn't mean it in any other way other than why are you defrosting the refrigerator wearing that sweater? Right. So then as Angela leaves, Tony says, I feel so cruelly mocked, <laughs> which was one of Judy's lines. Yes. <laughs> so the next day or so, who knows? Right. I'm thinking it's like, I tried to figure out the timeline here. So I'm thinking it's like late afternoon because it's still daylight outside. Samantha comes in and says, Bonnie's coming by. We're going to get something to eat. Then we're going to the library Yes, I have my heavy sweater on. And Tony is not paying attention to any of this. Anything she's saying. He's standing there. Yeah, it's got to be after school. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Because right? this is still during the week. Yeah. He's absentmindedly kind of ironing what appears to be his boxer shorts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and saying. Got to have his boxer shorts nice and straight. Yeah. For no one to see. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then you can cram them into your jeans and they can get all wrinkled. I know. Um, I always pictured him as a tidy whitey guy anyway. Mm. Is that the right way you say it? Or yeah. is it whitey? Tidy whitey. Okay. Um, and then she's like, yes, I have my heavy sweater on and I will be home by 10. So it must be early enough that she's going to have time to do all this stuff and be home by 10. Huh. And she realizes that Tony is still not paying attention. So then she says, and then I'm going to the airport to marry a Harry Krishna. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not... Are they the, the religious people who would wear... Have like bald heads yes. and hand out stuff at the airport? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought, but I wasn't positive. So she's like, what's dad? Wake up. Are you still upset about what happened with Judy last night? So he's like, no, I'm fine. And then she's like, come on, dad. Get it off your chest. You'll feel better. And he's like, I don't want to burden you with my troubles. And she's like, no, I'm not just your daughter. I am your friend, and I'm here to listen and give advice and to make you feel better. So Tony's like, okay. You know, well, here's the thing. And then you hear a horn outside. I guess Bonnie got her car fixed, or she got a new one. And she's like, oh, Bonnie's here. Got a bail. Yep, that's it. Yeah, and she leaves. (laughs) Thanks, kid. So Tony says, as she leaves, Tony's like, Sam, you're a rock. 
(laughs) (laughs) So he puts the iron down on his boxer shorts and kind of wanders away. And Mona walks into the kitchen and she's like, I don't mean to alarm you, but your shorts are on fire. So he runs back over and he grabs it. And then um, Mona asks where Angelo's red notebook is. And he's like, it's right over there. Why? She's like, she's not coming home tonight. She and Jack are staying at the plaza because they have a presentation in the morning. A plaza? Yeah, the Plaza Hotel, I guess. That means the plaza in New York City? Yeah, that's what I think. Fancy. Fancy, yeah. And he's like, what? Staying over? What do you mean? And she's like, well, you know how it works. You check into a room, they put chocolates on your pillow, and then you steal their towels. Why is she stealing towels? I don't know, especially from the plaza. I know. But, I mean, do people really do that? I think people really do steal bathrobes, for sure. Yes. Tony says, that's not all Jack's trying to steal, Mona. Oh, boy. I know. And Mona's like, everything else is nailed down. (laughs) And Tony's like, I'm talking about the Bauer Agency. Jack's trying to steal it away from Angela. So Mona's like, I don't mean to offend you, but you're sniffing too much spray starch. And he's like, oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you something. He's a taker. Mm. And he says, didn't you see him take that extra helping of noodles of gratin at dinner? And she's like, that must have slipped my mind. Yeah. But that is, it's such a little joke right here, but it really pays off later in the episode. So um, she's like, you know, that's, this is all pretty thin stuff. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's just what Philly Capasso yeah. said to his wife when she told him about Patty Lorcina. Oh, boy. Yeah, we've definitely heard Lorcina that name right, before. But right. Philly Capasso seems new. Because if it was Philly Fingers, I think he would have said Philly Fingers because Mona knows who he was. But of course, Tony knows a few guys named Philly. <laughs> right. And there's not just one Philly in no. his life. And then Mona's like, are you going to relate this situation to a story about of colorful characters you knew in Brooklyn? Of course he is. That's what Tony does. He always has um, interjections about people from Brooklyn. So he's like, you know, this guy lost his entire business piece by piece. And then Mona's like, wait a minute, I see what's going on here. You're jealous of Jack. And Tony's like, me? Like, jealous of him? So he's trying to play it off. Like, there's no way. no way. Yeah. And she's like, come on, you're jealous of how much time Angela's spending with him. I have to say, Tony looks very good here, too. Yeah, it's his fancy black shirt. Yes, he's got the black shirt on and uh, those little jeans. And she's like, you know, he says they're spending all their time together. They're having all their meals together. And he pulled around with her big toe. (laughs) (laughs) Simone is like, you know, you have nothing to worry about, Jack. He's just a cute guy. And then Tony's like, cute? He's thinking, you too? And yeah. she's like, you know, in that Woody Allen-ish kind of way. And he's like, okay, yeah. enough. I've heard this theory already. And he's like, I'm not jealous. I only want to protect Angela and the Bauer Agency. So that reminds Mona. She's like, speaking of, if she doesn't get this notebook, she's going to blow her roots. <laughs> so then Tony's like, I know a messenger that will get it there right on time. And yeah. he takes the notebook. Yeah, or he could just leave well enough alone. He could, but would Tony do that? No. No. Unfortunately. Oh, good. He left this outfit on for when he goes to see Angela. He just put a little brown bomber jacket over it. So then maybe at some point this evening she'll get He'll to tear see him the in jacket the jacket off. Right. 
So he's he gets to the plaza. I'm sure they've used this set before. I feel like this is probably also where that lady took him to have sex that time. Yeah, probably. Um, in whatever episode that was, I can't remember now. And he's looking around. He's like looking at the room numbers: two hundred one, two hundred two. So he sees two hundred four, and there's a "Do Not Disturb" sign oh, hanging boy. on the doorknob. And then the out, champagne. Yes, outside of the door. Sorry. There's the, where they've put their room service. So now, how long do you think? So now it's probably like five thirty, maybe six. I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. And he looks and he's like, champagne, chocolate mousse, and oysters. They've got every aphrodisiac known to man. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so now this is my favorite part of the episode. So they cut to, oh, I'm sorry. Then he hears a woman moaning through the door. And then they cut to Angela saying, God, Jack stimulates me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That was funny. And then they cut. Classic sitcom. Yes. Then they cut to Angela on the couch getting her foot rubbed by Jack and moaning. And then they cut to Jack saying, can I have some more noodles? I know. This was very clever. The whole sequence was pretty funny. And look, Jack is absolutely shoved in between Angela and Mona at the little table. (laughs) Yes, I thought this was very clever, especially the pull up. He makes that noodle comment and then they insert it here as like a flashback and it's pretty funny. So now he's like, that's it. He's really worked up. And okay. Especially when he... Had the reflection of, or the flashback of the noodles. And right. It's really got him. Yeah. <laughs> he's so fired up. Yeah. So he's ready to throw himself through the door. Now, another thing, though, he can hear a woman moaning through the door. I don't know Angela as well as he does, and I can tell that that's not Angela's voice. But I guess maybe he's just so caught up in the moment. He heard those moans coming out of her bedroom door that night. He knows what she sounds yeah, like. That's right. And on the couch that um, and he could really know what it sounds like. Right, if he, he chooses would stop, not to. <laughs> he'd stop being such a dummy. So he goes to throw himself through the door, and then he's like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I can't break this guy's door down. Now, you absolutely, because if Angela is in fact in that room, she's partaken in the champagne. She's having and, consensual Exactly. It, it all sex. appears that she's having consensual sex. And including the moans coming through the door. So or go in, home. If it's not her in there, then it's even worse. Right. <laughs> right. right? So he's yeah. kicking down the door. Oh, As he's walking away from the door, he's like, you know, Angela has her life. I have my life. Right. I've got to stop thinking like this. And he runs into a woman who is cleaning the room. So she's holding a few towels and he starts talking to her. And he's like, you know, I'm just so afraid of her being seduced. You know, of course, in the business sense. And he's like, as much as she is a grown woman, she's very much like a little girl. And I feel like it would be really easy for her to lose her whole business to a guy who's cute in a Woody Allen sort of way. (laughs) And then he's like, you know what I mean? And then she says something in Spanish. And hands him the two towels. Yeah. (laughs) I think she thinks he just offered to put the towels in the rooms for her. And then she goes somewhere. This lady is, um, her name is Argentina Runetti, and she was a character actor, and I saw that she passed away. Hmm. Oh, wait, maybe she's speaking Italian, because it says that she died in, oh, I'm sorry, no, no. She was born in Argentina, so she's probably speaking Spanish. Okay, so um, 
Yeah, born in Argentina. She passed away in 2005 at the age of 98. Wow. And she passed away in Italy, which is what confused me. I see here, though, that she played the character Philomena on General Hospital from 1985 to 1987. And I think I remember that because she was um, Anna's, Anna Devane's nanny for Robin when Robin was little. I'm pretty sure that's who that character was. Okay, so she walks away and then he's like, I got to get out of here before I do something crazy. So he puts the towels down on the table by the door and he starts to walk out. And as he's walking out, a man and a woman get off the elevator. <laughs> now, the man is cute in a Woody Allen-ish sort of way. Yes, and he's exactly they're going for <laughs> yes. it. Yes, and he's standing with a tall, blonde woman. I'm just going to quickly touch on these two actors, because okay. they're just listed as the man and the woman. But Sloane Fisher is this man's name. And I'm wondering, I wonder if he has any relation to Fisher who wrote the episode because they have the same last name and the same spelling, but I have no way of knowing. But this man died in 1995 at the age of 38 years old, and I can't find how. So that's sad. And then the woman is Lisa or Lessa Lee, but she didn't have very many acting credits. She looks kind of familiar, though, Um, but... Like Hunter, Boy Next Door, Gary Shandling Show, Who's the Boss, episode of Sisters, just a few things. So they walk through, and he's like, you know, the play had a stark, barren quality, but I found it uplifting. And she says to him, you are so stimulating. (laughs) And Tony's like, oh, shit, that guy's getting laid. And he's like, now I'm really got to do something here. (laughs) Right. So then he's like, what the heck? And then he goes and throws himself into the door, but he doesn't break it down. Like, how embarrassing if he had actually broken this door down. (laughs) I know, right? If it had been Angela or if it hadn't been Angela. (laughs) Right. You can't just go kicking doors in. Right. And then he's like, oh, man, that works in the movies. But so now he like made enough commotion that Jack has gotten up from whatever he was doing and come to answer the door. And he's like, Tony, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then Tony's like, <laughs> Tony's ruining your girlfriend's night, Jack. Sorry. And then Tony's like, the more important thing is what you're doing here. And Jack's like, well, it's kind of personal. But he's like, yeah, I bet. And then he's trying, starting to lay into him. And Angela opens the door of the room across the hall. And she's like, Tony. Right. And he's like, and wait, he's it's like, not oh. now, Angela. Right. <laughs> Going back to yell at uh, Jack. And then he realizes, wait a minute, Angela. And then a woman comes out from um, Jack's. Oh, yes, this lady. Let me see her. She is. Her name is Carol on the show. Poor Carol just had her evening ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Unless Jack can focus again. Um, She, there was something interesting I thought about her. Yeah, so she is a writer on the TV show Red Band Society, which is a newer show, and then um, was a character actor. But I love when actors kind of cross over into writing. Yeah. She was on, like, Jake and the Fat Man, Who's the Boss? You know, just a few episodes of a few things. My So-Called Life. Oh, she was in three episodes of that. Uh, Playing a teacher. Jeff Foxworthy show. 
So, yes, interesting. Her name is Margaret Nagel. Hmm. And so Jack says, you know, Tony, I would like you to meet my girlfriend, Carol. And then Tony's like, Carol, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> and he's shaking her hand. I don't know if you want to touch either of their hands I know. right now. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they got right out of bed and answered the door. So then he's like, oh, I must have written the wrong number down on my notebook. So he's like, Jack's like, well, you know, if you'll excuse me, we're going to go back into the room now. And Tony's like, you go get him. And then he's like, eat another oyster. I know. Now it's he, funny. <laughs> yeah. Now he's yeah, all proud so, of Jack. So I got the wrong room number. So then I made a sound sounded like I threw myself <laughs> up against the door. <laughs> So Jack, Sorry about that. Jack goes in and closes the door, and Tony's like, cute guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a nice callback as well. And then Angel's like, you didn't have to bring this all the way down here. You could have just called a messenger. But Tony's like, you know, it's just, it's so impersonal, and I wanted to wish you good luck tomorrow. That's very nice. Yes. And then drove in, all the way into the, an hour into the yeah, city. Yeah, hour and 16 minutes or however and long it takes. And then parked somewhere. Right. That was sure oh, that God, was easy. he could be paying $25 right now to be parking well, at the plaza. He's getting towed. Or $88, maybe it was $16. That's true. <laughs> so Angela says, I'm so lucky. You're always watching out for me. You think she caught on here at all? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. And then she says, the smartest move I ever made was hiring you. No, that's, that's nice. That's really sweet. So then she's like, come on, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. And he's like, okay. So she goes to put her the notebook in her room. And she's like, you want to hear something funny? And he's like, sure. And she said, Carol, Jack's girlfriend, she thought that we were having an affair because oh we were spending so much time together. And then Tony starts laughing and he's like, oh, some people. And so they link arms and they go get their cup of coffee. <laughs> some people. <laughs> oh, another who's the, the boss will be back in a moment. Stick around. <laughs> Okay, this tag, I have to say, the tag of this episode was a scene that stuck in my mind from when I saw it as a child to an adult. Oh, really? Yes. And I remember when I started rewatching, before we were doing this podcast, like, I don't know, it was probably almost two years now. Right. Or right around when COVID started and I started rewatching Who's the Boss as like a distraction. I couldn't remember what episode it was from, but I knew it was from an episode. And then I was like starting to doubt myself that I had made it up. But no, I finally found it. So I just think as a kid, like this is one of those scenes. First of all, this whole episode is quite adult for a family adult show. oriented, yes. Yeah, just like once you're an adult, you understand the moaning more. You understand right, a lot what, of the stimulating right. me means and right. like all of that kind of stuff when you're a kid it sort of goes over your head and our daughters just recently watched avi and i watched this episode actually yesterday the day before and like i don't know how much she really caught on to like she right. understood that tony was jealous and you know but she didn't really understand a lot of the subtext so then i think like seeing this scene i knew she had done something to his foot that was interesting to him, but I didn't really know what it was, but I was right. curious as to what it was. But now I know you really can't do anything to a man through his foot anyway, but it seemed interesting at the time. Right. So now we see Tony on the couch and his shoulder is hurt. He's in a lot of pain. From throwing himself against the door. <laughs> oh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm such an idiot. I thought he really tried to move the refrigerator. Oh, no. I, my, right. my guess is that he threw himself yes. against the door. You're absolutely right. His shoulder hurts because he threw himself against the door. But he told Angela that it was because he moved the refrigerator. Right. Because Which is believable, too. Absolutely. And then she tells him, you know, you shouldn't try to move the refrigerator alone. And then she says, according to Jack, every nerve ending in your body goes down to the bottom of your foot, which I guess is a real thing called reflexology. Right. And then Tony's like, I don't believe in this stuff. So she starts rubbing and she's like, okay, this should be your liver. And he's liver. like, huh. I guess a little look on it. Like, really? He can feel his liver, liver. like <laughs> relaxing liver right is. now. <laughs> and then she's like, and I think this is your spleen. And he's like, oh, okay. And then she goes a lower, a little lower. And then she's like, and this is your oops. And Tony kind of like jumps up because yeah. it must have been his penis area. She inadvertently touched his penis. Yeah. <laughs> Through the bottom. By touching his foot. <laughs> of his foot. <laughs> That's the closest she's going to get for a while. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. At least another two to three years. Wow. And then she kind of covers her face embarrassed, and that is the uh, end of the episode. Done. All right. All right. I think who? I never remember. I um I know I did I the did boss rating. First right. Last okay. Time. So you do rating first this time. Okay. All right. I'll give this a, a seven. All right, nice. I thought it was a good episode, yeah. solid episode all the way around. Kind of had that wacky, almost Three's Company-ish. Not necessarily misunderstanding, but Tony thinking what, you know, he thought something was kind of going on or could potentially go on. Right. But it really wasn't anything going on. I mean, I guess more the hotel stuff was uh, kind of, of had a Three's Company feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sitcom. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, overall it was good, and then you know Angela never really needed to know that maybe he was jealous, or maybe she did know. Maybe she did. We don't know, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I wonder. I don't think she caught on. No, I don't think she did. Yeah, I think you're right. But um, yeah, overall it's a good good interaction between the two of them, and then you also got to learn how much uh, more Tony cares for her, or maybe. He didn't even realize he cared that much until another guy showed up. Right. Into yeah. the scene. Or, you know, at least, again, he took for granted that, you know, no gentleman callers had been showing up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. He had gotten a little relaxed. Right. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's what They've I'm gotten very for, so. comfortable. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I gave this episode a 7.5. I really liked it. I think I'm really enjoying the season overall. And I agree. Like, we're seeing here... This is really the first time we've seen Tony be very jealous like this. Mm -hmm. Like he's always had a, you know, he was a little jealous of Jeffrey and stuff. But this was like, he couldn't take the idea that she was going to actually be dating someone. Yeah, this is over the top. Yeah. Um, so it's really a step in moving their relationship forward. Right. I thought the kids were used well. Jonathan actually got to do something, kind of. I got to pour you milk to pour all milk over into a, a news all into a newspaper <laughs> yeah, all over a all plate. All over a plate. Um, and I forgot to mention this earlier, so I'm gonna mention it now. But if you notice in the kitchen when Tony and Mona were talking, and she's like, You're not gonna bring up all your colorful characters from Brooklyn. He said, Well, not if you're gonna deride me for it. Mm, deride. Yes. And so again, they're still peppering in these words. 
that Tony's most likely learning at college. Yeah, like big words. Yeah, he's come back to his using not for nothing and all that stuff. But <laughs> I do like that they're still following through. Like I feel for five seasons in, this show is pretty strong for this season so far. Um, and yeah, was that all I had to say about it? I think so. Yeah. Oh, the other thing too is, so now we're at what? November of 1988. Yeah, almost December. Okay. So at this point on Moonlighting, Maddie and David have slept together. That happened in their season three. Okay. Then they didn't have any like real new. There was a lot of a lot of problems on that show where the couple got together. Then Sybil Shepherd was pregnant. Bruce Willis was doing movies, and they got to the point where they hated each other so much that they were barely even working at the same time. Wow. So the show had a ton of reruns. They would always joke that it was a rerun again this week. Sometimes they didn't even know if it was going to be a rerun until like the day before because scheduling and production was so far behind. Wow. So at this point, Moonlighting had suffered from all of that and it had really started to go, started, the ratings had started to go down and it wasn't looking good. So I think now the Moonlighting curse is deep into who's the boss. <laughs> like, yeah. Now shows are really like, oh crap, we can't get our couple together because it's going to ruin the show. Not taking into account a lot of the other stuff that went wrong with Moonlighting. Right. Um, so I feel like their answer to that is this sort of pseudo dating almost that's happening between them without them being together. Like if you were to just come into this show without really knowing it, you'd be like, oh, maybe not so much this episode, but we'll see them sort of like go on this comfortable path to like dating mm. without actually being in a relationship. Yeah, and okay. I feel like that's kind of why maybe because of the whole moonlighting curse. Okay. Sorry. I babbled. No, way it's too okay. long. But what I meant was my rating is a 7.5. Okay. Who is the boss around here? Me or my mother? Or maybe it's you. I had a tough time with this and mm-hmm. I actually ended up pulling a you I'm going to go with Jack was the boss here. Okay. But but seriously, because I can't say Tony's the boss cuz he didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. Even though he was thought he was trying to save Angela. Angela was also a bit oblivious to everything, including yes. Tony's feelings. I agree. Mona didn't help that much and Samantha left when Bonnie honked the horn. But Jack came in and is actually doing the job that he was hired for and in fact, will help Angela's, you know, work life. So I think that he is the boss here. Yeah. You know what? I agree with you 100%. Nice. That's right. so funny. I didn't think you would think Really? That, you, but you didn't just decide that right no, now? No, I oh, swear okay. I didn't. Only because <laughs> you're right. Like, the, the, I, I didn't know. the other, But the other two, they, you know, nobody was like taking the lead on anything. Right. You know, Angela yeah. didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Tony... <laughs> Tony really didn't know what was going on. He's driving the hotel, getting ready to throw himself through doors. To, you know, I mean, so he's not the boss. No. Um, but Jack just, you're right, came in, did his job. Yeah. Showed up, went to the hotel, took advantage of the fact they were getting a hotel, called his girlfriend to yes. come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so. Let's um, have a date night. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then he set them straight when he comes out with the girlfriend. And it was like, oh, okay. Tony was like, nothing funny's going on in there. Right. And Angela's none the wiser. So, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. And it's will funny. somebody please write the fanfic of their date 
and when they go get coffee because yeah. that was probably cute yeah um and then tony looked really good in that black t-shirt yeah that's what i was thinking too <laughs> um okay wait sorry i don't we're never gonna see jack again Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, this is the only episode that David Paymer is in. I wonder if we'll hear, sometimes you get like a reference to right, like right, Jack at right, the right. office or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we'll never actually see him again. I wonder as a guest star if he was hoping, like, please let me be like yeah, uh, right. Jim Peterson and be in a few episodes. I don't know that we ever travel back to Angela's work. We'll have to see. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, All right. don't ask me. So you can reach us at... Who's the Boss podcast on Instagram or Who's the Boss pod one on Twitter or go to the Who's the Boss podcast page on Facebook or go to anchor.fm slash WTB podcast and there you can leave us a voice message. So our next episode is Double Dump. I'm just going to let you try to figure out what that means. I, I think you, you spoiled yourself on accident earlier. Um, I did? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh. Well, I know it's not anything, it's not a bathroom reference. I know that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good night. Good night. Bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give a big thumbs up and tell all your friends. And maybe you can tell your grandma, your mother, and y- your sister or brother. Maybe you have no siblings. Tell your dog and cats. Bye.